When Quinn the Eskimo gets here, everybody gonna run and hide. This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. To, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, <laughs> oh my God. Tua time is taking over South Florida. It's dominant. It's owning Miami. Tua time is. <laughs> What'd you make of him? What'd you think? I saw great poise. I saw a guy who wants to be there. Good attitude. Good team guy. A lot of high fives. I saw all I needed to see. He passed the sniff test. And okay. uh, we have a quarterback. I saw a guy in garbage time not bleeping up in two short pass attempts. That first play was a little scary with the, the bootleg and he, you know, running in the end zone for his life and he still threw it on money. That, I mean, that, that's the one thing that we saw actually. Like if we're going to take these two completions and just totally overreact to them, right. the first one, he didn't really have a lot of time. And both times the pocket was kind of closing in on him and it was not a comfortable throw and he was right on the money with both throws. Yeah, we, we got a little tiny glimpse of the future for the, the accuracy. Dolphins. Like this guy is, he does look a little tiny out there. Like, yeah. was, was I the only one thinking that? Like I know his measurements. I know he's not huge, but right. like he's got Drew Brees vibes out there. He's a blade. He's a blade of grass. How tall is there. he? How tall is he? I think he's six feet. Um, so he's maybe, like Drew Brees. So he's like, yeah. He's, yeah. Maybe they call him six one, but I think he's six feet. Yeah, physically. Um, that's been the only knock on him. I mean, if he's, uh, you know, if he's 6'3", uh, it's a whole different story. But I will say this. Um, we, we got a glimpse of the future, and, and I was glad the Dolphins had a – you know, they played the stinking Jets, the lowly Jets. So if, if this wasn't going to be the game, then what would for them to have a big enough lead to give him a shot in garbage time? He's actually listed at six foot, so that means he's probably 5'9". This is the Greg Cody <laughs> Show, ladies and gentlemen. Episode, it is. What, what is this? Is this episode 33? It's episode 33. We're that's at 33. That's, that's how old I am. That's my age. Look at this. I, I'm telling you, why do you think we called it 33? But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the Dolphins beat the Jets 24-0, as we say in soccer. And, Uncle, um, Dick, Uncle Dick is back this week again and for the better – version i i because like we, i know we always do this but we broke it up into two pieces there's yep. better stuff in this one like last week I, I was happy with it but there's better stuff this week so tease it because i don't even know what do we do uh we, we, we talk about pfbi what do we get into we talk about your oddities and like your weirdnesses <laughs> in restaurants and, That's and on the be a long podcast and on the golf course and just how strange you are and we get into the pfpi we didn't really touch on that last time we talked about stratomatic in the last week but we never got into pfpi so you get all the pfpi stuff and you get just how greg is odd and his brother knows him better than anybody so okay yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun dick 2.0 so uh you know if you didn't hear last week uh you know dial back and and check out 32 but 33 is the one you really want because this is dick at his finest um i actually was talking to my friend the other day and he brought up a question that in hindsight i wish i would have asked uncle dick about like if he like growing up ever had like incidents where people were like you know being immature with his name or nickname oh wow that's uh that's a little bit of a a a weird subject like you've never have you ever actually had that conversation with your brother about like that's his nickname no i have not had that conversation but um 
I think late in life, my dad, when he was very old, like in his 70s, maybe even his 80s, all of a sudden I noticed he began calling my brother Duke, like as a nickname. Yeah, I remember that actually. I have memories. Yeah, of you remember him. that. Yeah. Okay. And, and I came to find out that, you know, it may have been because he, I don't know. It, it's He's an old, an old time man and didn't like the idea of, uh, you know, not that he... And, you know, maybe part of it was, you know, the John Wayne thing, Duke. I, I don't know. That's, uh, that, that's an, an unspoken topic. I've never really talked to my brother about it. Um, you so know. let's just talk about it with America. We're going to get to Uncle Dick and all the rest, and we get a Monk Greg Moore coming up and all that. But Have you been watching the baseball playoffs at all? It's been pretty crazy. Like, it's crazy how we had what was headed towards a, an incredibly uninteresting World Series in Rays Braves because both those teams jumped out to big leads against the Astros right. and the Dodgers. And then the teams that, the, that America really wants in there, the Dodgers and the Astros, made the comeback and got us excited. Okay, well maybe we will get the series that we want to see. And then the Rays beat the Astros, so the Rays are in. And now tonight we're doing this thing again where we're recording before we have a result. Right. Game seven of Braves-Dodgers is tonight. Do you want to make a prediction in that game since, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to um, have the result? I'm all in on the dog, man. I'm, I'm all in on the Braves. Ugh. Um, I, you know, the underdog, um, I think it's going to be an interesting – World Series, actually. I'm glad the Rays, and, and look, nobody, I'm from Florida, nobody outside of the Tampa St. Pete area really gives a crap about the Rays. It's really um, bad. And, and, and as a, I'm like a baseball guy, so right. I appreciate they're a great team, but there's yep. just something about having nobody that I'm that interested in that it's like, exactly. uh, I don't have like the interest to tune in. Like even game seven, Astros Rays, for some reason, I wasn't like, I didn't need to be glued to my TV. Yeah, but here's the thing. They denied the cheating Astros. The Houston Astros uh, are not in the World Series because of the Rays. I still, you know, I harbor grief and, and resentment about their cheating last oh, year. Oh, it's sorry. fake outrage. I do. I, I, I'm so tired of this, like, Astros stuff. Like, they got back to the almost the World Series without cheating. So what, you're going to, like, are you claiming that they're still cheating? Everyone yeah. cheats in baseball. I used to coach high school baseball, and one of my jobs on the varsity squad was be in the dugout and watch the other team signs. Like, that's just part of the game. I understand they were using technology and videotaping catchers, so that is obviously an extent that shouldn't be used, but it's right. part of the game. Stealing okay. signs is part of baseball. All right. Well, when, when they were eliminated, I was uh, banging a garbage can in joy. So I'm, I'm happy um, the Astros are not in it. And um, I, I think a Rays-Braves World Series, I think the ratings would be low. It's a low-watt World Series. But, no, you're uh, right. Those two teams, like, to your point, those are two really good teams. Yes. Like, the Braves lineup is nasty. The Braves start, like, top three starting pitchers are all really good. The, right. the Rays don't ha- – I'm pretty sure every single pitcher on the Rays, bullpen and starter, throws over 95 miles an hour. Like, yeah. their pitching staff is just front to back, no weaknesses. Yeah, and, and if you believe in momentum at all, I think the Braves sort of have it. So, it's going to be an interesting World Series uh, no matter what. But I want to mention something real quick. Today on um, the NFL preamble, I heard Phil Simms. Uh, he was talking about um, uh, Dallas having, um, you know, Andy Dalton uh, in, in place of Dak, which is a pretty good place to be. And, and he mentioned um, that they have insurance. Uh, he put the emphasis on the first syllable. I go insurance. I put the emphasis on the second syllable. Hmm. It, it seemed, what do you do? How do you say that word? Insurance. How did I do it? Well, I maybe you're, you're straddling the line there. 
I'm going to start talking and use it so I don't think about it. Because I feel like if I say it just by itself, I'm like overthinking it. So yeah. like, hey, okay. like, I pay, I, like I pay my own car insurance. I like to have life insurance. Like, yeah, how do I say you're it? saying it right. Insurance. Insurance. And what did he say? Insurance. Use it in a sentence the way he said it. You know, the Cowboys have some real insurance with Andy Dalton. Yeah, that's weird. When you brought up that topic, I was like, all right, we're going to get into some nuts and bolts of like, are the Cowboys fine with Andy Dalton? I was a little surprised by that. And yet you threw a curveball right back at me. And I love where you went with it. So thank Thank you you very much. Uh, I want to say one more thing, get it off my chest before we go to Uncle Dick and and unleash this podcast. And that is, I have a safe in my home. It's a small safe. Everybody's been in a hotel room, right? Where you open the closet door and there's a safe in the hotel Mm -hmm. room. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I have one of those safes in my house. Uh, I don't know why. My wife wanted to buy it. Whatever. Anyway, the safe has an internal battery. The battery dies because like a dumbass, I put a couple of uh, stray double A's in there, which were about to go dead. So anyway, the battery dies. I can't open my safe with the key, the, the keypad. So you got to call the hotel front desk. Oh, wait, you're not at a hotel. <laughs> exactly. So, of course, there's a key. You can open it manually with a key. What have I done? I've lost the key. So if any... <laughs> Why I, would I you have, lose the key? I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've heard that question from my wife the past couple of days ad nauseum. Are you about, um, are you about to rip the, uh, the company here, even though like you lost the key? No, I'm not. I, I tried everything. We bought it from Amazon. I call Amazon. Can you send me a replacement key? They can't. So I'm calling like locksmiths and welders and I don't know what to do. If anybody within the sound of my voice knows how to open uh, a safe, a steel safe without damaging the contents inside, uh, I want you to uh, at me or at Christopher better yet because then he's got to deal with it. I feel like people like, so people that have experience breaking into safes, DM you. Exactly. Yeah. Criminals far and wide. We love you and get in touch with us. Um, all right, we should get to this, right? Because Uncle Dick is, uh, he's, uh, you know, like a rodeo, like a bull in the rodeo pen. Uncle Dick is waiting to burst out of the pen and unleash himself for Dick 2.0 on this podcast. So uh, it's exciting. Uh, you'll get to know a little bit more about me and uh, way more than you want to know about Uncle Dick. So let's do it. I was interested in you guys having competitive basketball games. Is that the most com- – because now you guys are relatively competitive on the golf course like because you guys shoot around the same. So whenever we play, it usually comes down to a close match there. But you're not that – you know, you're both older men at this point, so you're not like that competitive about it, even though, even though my dad is sneakily competitive in the cart. We're going to get to that later. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm wondering, like, what your most competitive thing was growing up. Was it those basketball games? And I want to know, like, the the worst like fight it ever turned into. Well, I used to. We used to wrestle a lot. Really, uh, wrestle and I. You remember, Mom would always say, "Not on the carpet." You know, you yeah, can wrestle, right. but not on the carpet. Why can't you wrestle on carpet? I don't know. You get the carpet dirty. I know, oh, okay. the, you know, the theory there. <laughs> but uh, there was a big difference when I uh, get back from the army and. Uh, you know, when I was, uh, Greg was 12 and I was 22, I could dominate him. But when I got back from the army and he was 16 and I was 24 or whatever, it was a whole different ball game. Then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was wiry, but uh, I'd uh, put on a little bit of muscle. I remember those uh, 
wrestling matches, which I'd sort of forgotten about. But you're right. We, those were very competitive. And uh, I distinctly remember mom being the referee who would say, don't not on my carpet. Because uh, I remember she used to have for a time there, she was the kind of mother who had like plastic runners and everything so that there wouldn't be any paths worn on her carpet. You remember those? Oh, yeah. Plus, so annoying, you know. You 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 want to go sit on a couch and it's covered with plastic. I remember that from like like their their trailer at uh, Village Green, like the retirement place where Nana and Pop lived. Like right. they had their couches were like it was like sitting on plastic. Well, I remember about fourteen forty is they never ran the air conditioning. I guess it was so inefficient and they didn't have any money that the only time they ran the air conditioner was when uh, she had mahjong for that evening. Right. So you almost look forward to mahjong. You know, you'd be falling, just dozing off, and then suddenly you'd hear some woman scream, Mahjong! Right. I remember I remember that distinctly. That night. <laughs> well, we didn't have much money. Uh, you know, when I look back on it, I, I think I really realized that we didn't have much money. No. You know, we, we were not, uh, I don't even know if we were middle class. I think we might have been a little less than middle class when it came to income or whatever, because mom never worked, and, yeah. you know, it's not like dad ever had a, a high paying job. He was a yeah. carpenter, you know, he was a, a blue collar guy. And I remember mom and I would walk to Winn-Dixie and return uh, empty bottles for the deposit money, you know, and buy a loaf I of bread. So back in the day, walking along Bird Road in Miami, picking up uh, bottles and returning them for the money. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it makes me really grateful for uh, yeah, the I situation. Very enough. Dad used to work two jobs for a time. It was, uh, it was tough going back then. Um, that's why when we, uh, when we got an above ground pool, wow, I felt like a king. In fact, I was in that above ground pool when I'd heard that, uh, Elvis Presley had died. Oh, is that right? That what you were. What a, what a yeah. random revelation. How would you hear about that? Like, it's not like you had your cell phone on you. Like, like, like Nana, like yelled out, like Elvis died. I think so. Yeah. Or it might've been my dad. I can't remember, but I think that's exactly what happened. Did it hit you hard? Dick was a bigger Elvis fan than I was. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think w when Dick was like, seven in his rebel years uh I, I, fonz I years think, in the fonz years yeah i almost think he had like a, a hairstyle like elvis yeah. with a little pompadour and everything that's when i had hair to comb it yeah. seems like uncle yeah. dick was cooler than you though at that age yeah. like like <laughs> oh, you, like it seemed like you were focused on stratomatic baseball with 38 year old paul radke and uncle dick was like you know like what's up ladies and like you know oh, like, totally, like yeah. hitting the bars and hanging out with friends and yeah I was much oh. more interested in hanging out with my friends than getting in trouble. You know, Greg right. was the studious one. Right. <laughs> I, I was a complete nerd. I, I will admit it. And, you know, I'm, I was just playing Stratomatic. It's not like I was a great student, but uh, I was sort well, you, of studious. Well, and, well, you were doing Stratomatic, and, of course, you were the P, PFPI commissioner, so you had a lot of stuff to do. That's true. And, I, and, I was, yep. and when I see the PFPI release now, and for people that don't know, PFPI is – Pro Football Predictions Incorporated. Right. And it's a family pool where we all pick winners. Me, my mom, my brother, my wife, my uncle. We all pick winners. But it started – go ahead, Dad. Like, for the people that don't know, do a quick, like, what PFPI is. Well, originally, it was just myself, uh, my father, and Dick. It was the three of us. Why uh, didn't Nana participate? Well, she <laughs> – she was a, a woman of her time. Um, she was a housewife who knew nothing about sports. Um, right. You know, she couldn't have told you that the Dolphins won the Super Bowl. She had no idea. She didn't follow sports in the least. And, and years later, when she was in PFPI, 
she would famously pick winners based on which city she would like to live in. Right, but I thought I just thought maybe you would have done that originally. I just didn't know why she would didn't at least do that originally. I don't think she had an intro. I, I'm sure we mentioned it to her, and, and she said, no, I could never do that. <laughs> so it was just the three of us, Greg's Lobos, Dick's Rough Riders, and Dad's Dynamics. And so yeah. you – and so – Nowadays, so in 2020, you send out emails and there's documents and all this stuff. Like, did you do all that in the, what, so what era, what, what was the first era from when to when? Uh, the first era was, I think, 69 through 76, something okay. like that. So like seven um, seasons. And like, did you like have like, a, like, were you dipping a pen, a, a feather in ink to like to write all this stuff out? <laughs> like, how are you, do like, explain to me the process in that era of you like documenting PFPI. Sure. Back then it was, it, everything was handwritten. I had a typewriter. I had a big uh, Royal typewriter, gray, battleship gray Royal typewriter that weighed about a hundred pounds. <laughs> but um, we basically did everything longhand and, uh, I think uh, I think PFPI was suspended right when Dick left for the army. I I, I want to say that um, I could be wrong because we never would have done it with just two teams. So when Dick left for the army, uh, we went on hiatus with PFPI, and then it came back years later in like 2004. Pop famously always picked the Dolphins in PFPI, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah, without without fail. And now we're all like the modern version of PFPI, who's been scarred. We're just like, we never pick the Dolphins, any of us, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, you might get a unique hit nowadays if, uh, if you go with the Dolphins in almost any game. Now, now, Uncle Dick, like, were you, paint the picture of you, like, I imagine you making the picks. Were you constantly mocking this entire process for my dad the whole time? Yeah, kind of like your dad said, he was kind of nerdy, and I guess I made a little fun of that. You know? No, I love that. Like, it's, it's basically... I mean, like huddling over that dust for hours on end, you know, was amazing to me. And, and we, we, you've passed the baton of making fun of him on to me and my brother. Now you laugh always at the gay law because, like, that's the part of the fun of the gay law, which is if you don't know the PFPI gay law, every year at the end of the season, we all gather and my dad puts on a suit and he prints out all the sheets and we <laughs> celebrate the champion and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And at the PFPA Gala, it's fun for us because it's just us mocking how serious my dad takes it the whole time. And yeah, I, he really gets into the character of the PFPI commissioner. And I just, and I'm just, <laughs> and I kind of like, do you have any memories of early PFPI Galas? Because I know Nana used to like cook up a whole spread. Like, I want you guys, I want to like, I want to know your earliest PFPI Gala memories in terms of mocking my dad and like the spread. I'm trying to remember what it was actually. I think it was called the Gala Function <laughs> in the early days. The wow. Gala Function. And you're right. Mom would, uh, she wasn't in PFPI per se, but she would be like. The host. The Gala Function. The host. Yeah. She'd yeah. come up with a little tray of cookies and her full skirt, you know, and stuff like that. So it was a sad spread. I was imagining she like <laughs> cooked like a bunch of good stuff. So it was just a tray of think, cookies. No, I think it was just cookies and, you know. <laughs> Or nerves. Well, I remember um, in the early days of PFPI, uh, we used to have uh, meetings and the gala in my little corner bedroom. Yeah. Which held one, one little single bed and my sad little PFPI or Stratomatic desk and um, in a chair. <laughs> and I remember Dick used to make fun of me because I actually had a gavel that I would pound to start a meeting. <laughs> you know, it's just me, my brother, and my dad in the room. 
And I'm like bringing a meeting officially to order with a gavel. Dick used to always make. Is Pop is Pop on Team Uncle Dick mocking this, or is he is, you know supporting you? I think he was. Everyone was mocking you. Everyone was mocking you, weren't they? I don't know if Dad was into the mocking. I definitely was. You know, with a little gavel and you know getting too rowdy, and he'd hit the little gavel, please. Right. I mean, when Dick when Dick would make fun of me. You know, he's over there laughing at me and I'm pounding the gavel to try to bring the damn meeting to order. Every, every PFPI gala needs someone there mocking it or else it's just, it it, it, level, it balances it out. Well, it makes it a fun experience. Oh yeah, it's lighthearted. Yeah. It, you know, I, I, have, I have fun with it, but I also take it seriously as a family tradition that's lasted oh, yeah. a long time. And I'm very proud of that. And I hope uh, uh, when my time is gone that you'll, the younger generation will continue the tradition. I think that's... We'll um, see. We'll see. You know, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Graceland, does, Graceland does not know what she's getting into. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. Well, she may be, uh, you know, we uh, we keep the membership in PFPI very tight, but uh, if we ever do expand, you know, I'm going to have to form an, uh, an expansion committee and we're certainly going to give due diligence and, uh, uh, you know, do, do all our vetting on... Uh, Graceland and see if she qualifies. She has to qualify. <laughs> you know, we, you know, we'll see. You know, is there an age limit? I mean, they, these are uncharted territories. I think Michael was. How old was Michael when he's? How old would Michael have been in in two thousand and four? Thirteen. I think he had just turned thirteen his rookie year in PFPI. So I guess when Graceland's uh, thirteen, maybe we'll consider her. I think we're going to do it younger <laughs> than that. Ah! I'm sure you're going to say no to Graceland when when, she, when Graceland's eight years old and she's like, "Pop, I want to be a PFPI." I'm yeah, sure you're. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you're going to be like, "No, Graceland, you have to wait till you're 13." I haven't found a way to say no to her yet. I, I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> Uncle Dick, tell me the top three oddest things about my dad. Oddest things, mm-hmm. or just like weirdest, strange quirks. Like I remember at at one time, you could not get him to go see a doctor. Oh. Yeah, up until he was, uh, how long, Greg? And you, you were well into your 50s, I think, and you, you, you just didn't want to go see a doctor. He's still stubborn with that. I feel like you've given in on that the last few years, Dad. much better with that now. But there was a time, yeah, you wouldn't go see a doctor. Unfortunately, I'm making up for lost time now because I, I see three or four doctors and uh, I spend about 20 minutes every morning taking pills. <laughs> but I'm fine, everybody. Don't worry about me. All right, here's, I have a different way to word that question, Uncle Dick. Okay. When is my dad more irrationally mad? After somebody doesn't give him a gimme in golf or when he gets a bad service at a restaurant? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> I remember when he didn't get a gimme in golf and there was like dead silence for three or four holes. Uh, and, and the other thing about bad service in a restaurant, I would say the gimme in golf. Yeah. Yeah, I would go with the gimme in golf. <laughs> because of my dad's temper and, and the arguments that have started about gimmies in golf, we now have like a, a measurement. Like we bring a ruler out there and that's the way we measure gimmies around here. Because if you just do it by like, you know, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Greg Cody yeah, gets mad. Even with a ruler or a club length, you know, if there's an inch dispute, if it's an inch short, oh, you're not going to give me that? <laughs> if, if I'm standing over... Uh, that I think should be a gimme and nobody is saying anything and I miss that putt you're right it it eats at me for a couple of a couple or three holes and another thing that sort of makes me annoyed 
Christopher mentioned earlier, Dick and I are fairly even on the golf course. He wins some, I win some. And um, if we're having a competitive round, like somebody's ahead by one or two strokes at the turn, uh, and all of a sudden Dick has, you know, like a two-foot putt that I think he should putt out. And all of a sudden I hear Christopher say, yeah, that's good, Uncle Dick. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm Thank trying you, to have a nice, friendly, but competitive round here. What are you doing? Make him putt that out. Yeah. Maybe I'm yeah, wrong. That's my weak point is the short putt. I miss a lot of two and three footers. Zagaki, that's why I want you to put it out. Here, that's good. Yeah, those are the those are the sweetest sounds in golf. When you have a putt that you're not confident about and you hear somebody go, ah, pick it up, that's good. Now, yeah. Uncle Dick, how are you? Like, because a lot of times, like, like, are you as competitive in those golf matches? Because, like, I feel like sometimes my dad's the only one that really cares. Because you kind of always, even when you're, like, you never seem to be a guy that's, like, really worried about what he's shooting. Like, you kind of come off a hole, you're like, ah, bah, 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 six. Like, you're not like, like, I feel like, so it, I always find the juxtaposition funny because my dad will be in the cart fiercely, like, keeping track of, like, every score. And you're, I feel like you're not even <laughs> noticing that my dad is, like, close to you and you're just playing. Well, you know, your dad said that we're fairly equal. Fairly is, you know, what Whoa. I think your dad is clearly better than me. Uh-huh. And I think you're much better. I'll, ne- I'll never beat you. Right. That's it's true. Sometimes <laughs> I can come within a stroke or two of your dad, but I think your dad is clearly a better player than I am. Of course, he's you got a lot of rust to shake off. He hasn't played much lately. That's right. true. Well, I you do twice. play. I think you play a lot more than he does. I think you're... I think his ceiling is higher than yours, but I think sometimes you can be a little bit more consistent just because you play so much. Yeah, that may be true. I, I think I hit the ball a little longer than uh, yeah. Uncle yeah. Dick, but other than that, I think we're fairly but, even. But Uncle and, Dick, are you secretly ever like keeping track or do you never give a shit whether you win or not? Like, cause it doesn't like, cause oh, that's- no, the, I, I'm as competitive as the next guy. You know, I'd okay. like to beat my brother every time. But. Right. I realize now that ain't going to happen. So if I can uh, stay uh, within one or two shots, I consider it a victory. (laughs) And dad, another thing, and this is just, I think your competitiveness coming out. It's not you questioning uncle Dick, but there's been times where after, and I'm just going to, I'm going to reveal this right here because it's funny where after a whole uncle Dick will be like six and you'll kind of give me a look and be like, did he have a six on that? Was that a six? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I do that with everybody. Um, We used to, um, I've played, I'm not going to say his name. Tom Jordan. In case he's listening to the podcast, but uh, I used to play golf with somebody in particular. Tom Jordan. And no, no, it wasn't Tom <laughs> Jordan, as a matter of fact. Tom, love you. Um, but it was somebody else. Uh, but he, he was just one of those guys where if he shot an eight, he would tell you it was a six. And, you know, if, if, it, it, that's pretty <laughs> annoying to me. I play, and, golf, um, I play golf with a guy in honors like that, you know, and, uh, I let it. He's a good friend, so I let it slide. But he yeah, said but, a lot of time he'll say sixth, and I'm thinking, thinking to myself, that was a seven, you know. Well, yeah. well, a lot of times it's because <laughs> like if you're playing for money or key, like if you're like talking shit to each other and competing, that's one thing. But a lot of times we aren't doing that. I mean, golf's a you know we play a friendly game when it comes down to it, and we, unless we you play, don't get a gimme, unless you don't get that, that gimme, that's that's the only <laughs> thing that really makes me mad, honestly. That's why I, if it were up to me, you putt out everything. I don't care if you're an inch off the lip of the cup, you putt that one inch putt. Uh, that's the way I would play so that there's no such thing as gimmies. Well, especially for a birdie, if you plan on shooting, plan on putting for a birdie, you know, you got to putt it out. Like Uncle Dick, how do you feel about how my dad is portrayed on the Dan Lebitard show? 
Like, how do you feel? Like, do you because I know you watch sometimes. Like, what are you? What's just your thoughts on that? I don't know what's shtick and what's not. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like Dan is supposed to be his best friend, and sometimes I feel he's very insulting. You know, yeah. I like to run across the desk and uh, knock him all in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, Dan gives it to my dad pretty hard. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, by the way. Well, like I say, I don't know what's uh, like the whole thing. A lot, of the, a lot of that is planned, you know, I think, a lot of it. Mm, you'd be surprised. Dan, no, Dan, it, Dan has this ability to be kind of mean and then just throw it under shtick. Yeah. And in right. his defense, our whole show does that. Like, that's kind of like the thing. Like, Dan let's... Had, yeah, right. I don't know Dan's personality that well, but he... He kind of pisses me off sometimes. He treats my brother. It's it's funny because, uh, like Chris Benson, uh, the father of Brendan Benson from the Rack and Tours, one of my dad's best friends, listens and watches the show, and he has the same thoughts. Like he is yeah. not a big fan of Dan. Dad, do you get that a lot from people? <laughs> I get that an awful lot. Yeah, when when I'm asked uh, about being on the Levitard show consistently. I'm asked, is uh, is that is Stugatz really like that? And and I'm asked, why is Levitard so mean to you? Why does he mistreat you like that? Why why don't you give him? I feel like I give it back to him a lot, but yeah. And and he, a lot of emails I get about the Levitard show are like you know just blasting Dan for disrespecting or yelling at me or you know. And and it, I think part of it is the hard network out thing you know where oh, they yeah. always catch me on that and but uh you know it's it's fine with me i wouldn't be on the show if i were that upset about it <laughs> yeah the hard yeah, i probably would anyway because i like the money but you know <laughs> you get the, the hard net workout thing and that's a that's a classic <laughs> people, yeah, people seem to love it i don't know why I'm sitting at home and I can see the clock and I'm thinking, you know, and I know when Dan asks you a question, do you see the clock or what? Well, here's the thing about the hard network out. And, and I, I can't, no matter how much I say this, people don't understand it. Yes. My clock says three fifty, says ten fifty four or whatever. So yeah. I know we're coming up close to the hard network out, but I'm not synchronized with the show's clock Dad, down to the second. But you know where this is faulty, this excuse that you're using that you've what? used? If you used to nail the hard network out at the studio, and but now that we're at the Zoom, they get you all the time, then you would have water to stand on. Or is that is that the saying? Water to stand on? A leg on? to stand on. Le- I don't know I said water. If I was standing on water, yeah. I'd be Jesus. That's, why you, that's like, then you'd have a leg to stand on. But when we were at the studio and you had a ticking clock right in front of your face that said 28, 29, 30... 31, 32, you right. still always missed it. So, well, like, the ex- But the excuse then was that I was just not observant. I was just not looking at the oh, clock. So, at oh, time. so you've become very observant now, but now you just don't have the clock in front of you. Well, <laughs> now I'm, I'm looking at, my clock doesn't have a You're second You're not always on. looking at the clock. There's half <laughs> the times when Dan is trying to set me up, and I know he's trying to set me up, but here's the key. I don't know whether he's leaving me with 10 seconds or two seconds. Yeah, but why wouldn't, know. why wouldn't you just try to stick it to him and be like, you never know. And even if there's more time, you just keep saying you never know. Yeah. Well, I remember once I did I think say. You're, I think you're full of it. I think maybe. Time I, well, I think, no. I think no. maybe once or twice you've looked at the clock and saw 54. But I think like 80% of the time you're just like, ooh, he's asking me a question. Let's go. Let me talk. Blah. Yeah, he, he, does, he does bait me. 
because he, <laughs> he sets me up because he so rarely asks me any questions that uh, when he does, I'm like, ooh, all right. And then, you know. Yeah. It, well, when I ask you those questions, you, you you should realize that the setup, he set me up. No, I know. And and usually <laughs> when the hard net, network goes off, um, I keep talking just because I want to make my point. What's like the biggest argument you guys have ever gotten into? Hmm. I don't remember arguments per se. I remember jumping up and down a Stratomatic. I must have been pretty pissed then. But other <laughs> arguments, I don't particularly remember any. Didn't we have an ongoing argument about, um, I used to say the phrase, an opinion is never wrong. Oh, yeah. And I feel like, we, <laughs> I feel like me saying that was a source of argument for a, a long time between us. Not, you know, nasty arguing, but just the kind of thing where we would be debating something sports related or otherwise. And I would, uh, saw, you know, end, end it all by just saying, Hey, an opinion is never wrong. And, <laughs> and, and of course you disagreed. An opinion can be wrong. Well, I realize fact. now I was wrong. <laughs> right. But no, we've, uh, we've always had a real amicable uh, relationship. Uh, that's for sure. I don't carry grudges because if I'm honestly mad at somebody, uh, I, I don't have the temperament to, to hold it you're, in. And you're like the king of getting furious with somebody and then 20 minutes later calming down and being like, we're good. I'm sorry. I didn't, I, I got a little, a little too angry back there. It's true. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I just got to get it off my chest. You know, I get real mad and I say what I'm going to say and then it's forgotten. And dad, what would you say is the strangest thing about uncle Dick? I have a nominee. I think it's whistling. <laughs> I think it's whistling during a golf swing. That's, uh, that's, during his own backswing. Uncle Dick, yes. you'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that now. But isn't that actually, I used to hum a lot. Oh, yeah, yes. you're a big hummer. Oh, yeah. 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 Sometimes. <laughs> I, I think, I think I, I've got way down on that. <laughs> I think Uncle Dick uh, does things like that. And without really even realizing it, because there were, there will be occasions when he's visiting us. And um, at night, you know, my wife and I and, and Dick will be watching TV and uh, my wife and I will be like paying attention to what's on and Dick will be like whistling, you know, <laughs> humming and talking to the dog and, and, we, and my wife and I are like sort of looking at each other like, is he watching the TV or what That's is he funny. Doing? I do have a memory of like it being like a big climactic scene in a show and he's just like, Riley, what are you doing? Riley, what are you doing? <laughs> Come here, Riley, who's a good girl? Right, <laughs> Dick, we're, Dick. We're trying to listen here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's funny. It's an idiosyncrasy. We all have them. Believe well, me, that's God knows I until, do. Until that thing about whistling on my backstone was pointed out, I never realized I was doing it. You know, it was <laughs> right? A subconscious thing. Uncle Dick, a, lot, a big thing with you on Facebook recently is like your menus of the day. You're a bit, you like to like you know cook exotic, not exotic, but just interesting different things. What are like? What would you say? are your top three things. If you had to just impress somebody, I'm gonna cook these three things to impress somebody. Oh God, I like the uh, bacon bomb, which I don't know if you're familiar with, that's uh, get a pound of sausage and flatten it out till it's in the, you know, like an eight by 11 by a quarter inch stick and you put your veggies in the middle and wrap it up and then you wrap the whole thing in bacon. So you got a loaf about four inches across. Jesus. Eight inches long wrapped in bacon and covered in barbecue sauce. I would say that's one of them. Bacon but you're 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 a big bacon guy. What's the most bacon you've ever eaten in one day? Probably a pound. <laughs> <You know. laughs> 
I love my bacon and uh, I'll so, eat half a pound and then. Is uh, that like your snack? Because like you said, you only eat one meal a day. Like so, we like, what do you snack around the house? Like what's your go-to? Like I'm I'm hungry, but I don't want my meal a day yet. Like what do you snack with? Not a big snacker, no. Okay. I don't. I purposely do not have sweets in the house, because if I had ice cream or uh, potato chips, it'd be gone on a day. Yeah. So I'm I'm not a sweet. I just don't have it in the house. I don't snack very much. Okay. I'm and not a big eater. I have one meal a day and that's it. So what's uh so like so one random day you just decided my meal of the day is going to be a pound of bacon? No, well, I had it in the house, you know. Oh, I mean, so you just like cooked it up. You, know, you go shopping and uh, you, you need bacon and it's two for one and you know, you so use what, a pound to make the bacon bomb and you eat the other pound, you know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right, Greg, would you, uh, we have Uncle Dick here. We're going to do this again because this was a lot of fun. What, do you have anything else you want to ask him or talk to him before we get him out of here? I think we covered just about everything, to be honest with you. But um, I, I feel like our listeners will en- enjoy um, uh, getting to meet Uncle Dick because uh, he does come up a lot. I, I think the last back in my day I did about car travel, I referenced, uh, you know, I'm sitting in the back, in, myself and the future Uncle Dick are sitting in the back seat when, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, I love him like a brother and, um, and um, great talking about it. Uncle Dick, is this the first interview you've ever done? Uh, yes, I think so. <laughs> you did <laughs> well. I mean, you're, you're... I'm sure 40 years ago I interviewed for my job, but. Uh, That's actually, you've actually been on the Levitard show a couple times. You've been a good sport because yeah. we, we oh, like to, about that. Yeah. We, we like to do random stuff where we just like have people fall out of the sky. So we've done bits before where. Like we want to get everybody's opinion on this NBA finals game. So we talked to Tim Legler and we talked to, you know, Karam Butler and we talked to, and then we bring in uncle Dick and it's just like a funny, cause like the people on the yeah. show, they've heard of you. So it's just funny to like randomly have people fall out of the sky. I remember doing that once and you, I think you caught me on the hard net workout. I, yeah, and it was close. I think, yes. I think Dan was rollicking and saying something like he's a Cody. Yes. The Cody. All right. Yes. <laughs> You've always been really good in those moments too, though. So thank you for that. But uh, yeah, so that you did really well. Uh, thank you for you know talking with us. This was fun. My pleasure. All right, take the rest of the day off. Yeah, go have another beer. I aim to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was good stuff. Thanks, Uncle Dick. Love him like a brother. Love him like a bro. That is like Greg Cody's most overused thing. Whatever like situation you're in, I love this guy like whatever he is to me. I love this. I love Christopher like a son. I love my wife like my wife. It's, yeah. just, it's one of your laziest, most go-to things in life. It, Not it, even on the podcast. You use it in everyday life. I know. I'm consistent though because uh, the when I invented that, uh, and you'll remember this. Oh, God. You know, when I was coaching you in youth soccer, you know, you're like six, seven years old or whatever, and I'm the coach, and it's mm-hmm. the year-end ceremony where, where I'm giving out the trophies and everything, and as I'm introducing you, I'm like, I love him like a son, Chris Cody, like that, so, memories, da-da-da-da-da-dum, anyway, thanks again to Uncle Dick, good, good stuff, big time, and you know what time it is now, you all know what time it is now. It's time to take a pee. As the Mount Gregmore name game continues, we take a pee and give you the top five American names starting with that letter. Over the past century, based on government records, 
Then we give you the Mount Greg Moore of the number one name. So, number five, Peter. Number four, Pamela. Number three, Patrick. Number two, it's Greg Cody's middle name, Paul. Pause for a second. We're gonna pick up with you just sat and the number one, I just like, I have my foods here. Okay. You should uh, try to find a way to leave that in because it's so ridiculous that we're pausing a podcast because your food has arrived. I mean, what do you, it's Uber Eats. Like, I got to make sure he delivered it to the right house. I've had that issue with Uber Eats recently where they're like, I get the notification that it's delivered and I wait a few minutes and I go out and grab it and it's not there because they've delivered it to the wrong house. So I always right. have to make sure. All right. And the number one P, Patricia. <laughs> okay. Yes. I feel like this has got some potential. I don't know. Now, I have to tell you, <laughs> we need to bend the Greg Moore rules on this one. And Christopher's going to be shocked. Maybe he'll be pleased. Maybe he'll be angry. Normally, we'd be like, all right, Patricia's only. You Pats and Patties, get the hell out of here. But there have been so few truly notable Patricias. Really? That we're allowing in Pats and Patties for this time only. So, our honorable mention. She is Charlie Brown's freckled tomboy neighbor in the Peanuts comic strip. It's Peppermint Patty. Never liked that whole Peanuts uh, Charlie Brown thing. Mom is always into that. Never a fan. Number five. She was a founding member of the LPGA, the first star of women's golf from the 1940s into the 60s. You all know her, Patty Berg. Started the LPG. I like it. Yeah, number four, an American actress. She was Deborah Barone and then Frankie Heck, best known for her roles in the middle class comedies Everybody Loves Raymond and the middle, of course, Patricia Heaton. Mm -hmm. Number three, she was the granddaughter of publisher William Randolph Hearst and was kidnapped in 1974 by the left wing terrorist group Symbionese Liberation Army. One of the most sensational, controversial crimes in American history. And in the middle of it all, Patty Hearst. <laughs> Number two, have you ever heard of her? No. <laughs> oh, God, please. When I was like in high school. Just move on. Yeah, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to tell you a whole story. Number two, she is called the Punk Poet Laureate. Her 1975 album, Horses, was an impetus for the whole New York City punk rock movement. A rock and roll hall of famer, Patti Smith. And number one, she's been called the godmother of soul, perhaps best known for her hit, Lady Marmalade. Hey, sister, go, sister, soul, sister. Oh, what a song that was, singing it throughout my ute. She's in the Grammy Hall of Fame, you know it. Patty LaBelle. I know you're not like into act, like you're not a movie guy, but like Patricia Arquette is like a very respected actress. I have to say, in, in my uh, due diligence, my extensive research, Patricia Arquette was on the, the radar and she was close. Like, she was right there. Like she, the uh, person that was second, like I never, like, I never even heard of that. Like the couple of those people, like the two in the middle there, you started out good and like the last one, like, but like, I didn't know a few yeah. of those. Like, I feel like- Ah, but it's the Mount Greg Moore, not the Mount Chris Moore. So stay tuned for next week because what follows P? It's Q, not QAnon, the crackpot 
far-right conspiracy nut group. Jesus. Just plain old Q, the letter. Okay, but here's the thing. Not a single Q name made the government top 100. So Chris gets to choose any name he wishes, beginning with Q. What names begin with Q? <laughs> I mean, that's for you to decide and me right. to find out. Quail. Should be, should be a fun challenge. Aren't there people named Quinn? I don't know. I'm, oh, Quinn the Quinn, Eskimo. That's true, actually. Quinn. I might go Ken, but spelled with a Q. Oh, that would be unfair. When Quinn the Eskimo gets here, everybody going to run and hide. Can we get out of here? I got to eat my food. Yes, <laughs> that's right. You got the Uber calling. Um, yeah, fun episode. All right. Episode. Dick Cody 2.0. We finished with my brother. Uh, maybe we'll have him on again, but not for a long time. Because <laughs> I think two episodes in a row of Uncle Dick will just about do it. But uh, we're... <laughs> Too much <laughs> Listen, Dick for you? Oi! <laughs> okay. We... Uh, Another award-winning Mount Gregmore. And by the way, I've gotten some reaction. I always say an award-winning Mount Gregmore. There mm -hmm. is actually an association. All right. I'm, we need to get to my food. Like, okay. I, you don't All need right, to yeah. set up the whole, like, fake association. That I was really just, yeah, one. I was just going to come in with a bad joke. <laughs> uh, anyway, ending it on a serious note, um, podcast listeners far and wide, uh, you all by now know how much we appreciate you. And um, All right. Subscribe, rate, review, all that jazz. Get the hell out of here. Have a nice day. Exactly. Christopher must be really hungry. Come on. End it. <laughs> I don't I think I'm going to filibuster like on the Senate I'm floor. I'm just going to stop recording. All right. No, we're good. All right. See you all next week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.